3: Future. Go to noblegoldinvestments. dot com now. Noblegoldinvestments. dot com.
2: performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or
3: financial professional before making an investment decision.
4: We are live, and as promised, we are going to be covering Carrie Lake's mother of all Hail Mary lawsuit against Katie Hobbs, the county recorder, Stephen Richer, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and the election director. Uh, guys, I thought she was going to file this on Monday, okay? She's got me working on my freaking day off, but that's okay, okay? Because we need to fight this obviously botched, stolen election, all right? I think everybody, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir when I say that very clearly there was election fraud in Arizona, okay? And we've been waiting, we've been patiently waiting for this challenge, and it's finally here. So we're going to cover it. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any outlets really take a deep dive into the lawsuit itself, uh, and that's what I plan to do. And once we get through that, I also want to touch on the Twitter Files dump, uh, Twitter Files Part Three, that dropped last night. So we're going to get into all of this groundbreaking news. But first, let's hear from the sponsor of this show, Goldco. Guys, listen. The last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%, the U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet, while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation? That's why I want you to visit nicklovesgold.com, because when you do, you'll not only get the Chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver you could get up to ten thousand dollars in free silver just for doing it this is a rare opportunity so don't miss what could be your best opportunity to protect your retirement savings visit nicklovesgold.com that's nicklovesgold.com all right before we even get into this lawsuit i want to show you the cockiness the arrogance the gall the balls on this lady Katie Hobbs, who put out a statement regarding Carrie Lake's lawsuit. And you guys aren't going to believe this. Listen to what she has to say. Statement from Hobbs, campaign manager on Carrie Lake's sham lawsuit. Pretty ballsy. Just call it a sham. Uh, even though it's the the election which you ran, which is a sham. But uh, she's, she's, she's putting out to the world on display that she thinks this lawsuit is a sham before... I mean, really, before she even had a chance to read it, this came out pretty damn quick, 19 hours ago. And this is the statement, Carrie Lake needs attention like a fish needs water. And independent experts and local election officials of both parties have made clear that this was a safe, secure, and fair election. Which is completely false. Uh, I mean, there's absolutely no truth to that whatsoever. In fact, the chairman of the board, Bill Gates, happened to say that this, this election was total chaos to the media. So even your own county board chair said this election was chaotic. Um, but then, of course, he retracted that statement when he certified Maricopa County and said, yes, this was a safe and secure election, uh, because I think he knew that he slipped up to the media. But anyways, she goes on to say, Arizonans made their voices heard and elected Katie Hobbs as their governor. No nuisance lawsuit will change that, and we remain laser-focused on getting ready to hit the ground running on day one of Katie Hobbs' administration next year. So you can see, Katie Hobbs appears to feel uh, invincible here. She doesn't seem at all threatened by this whatsoever, and she's going on record mocking Katie Hobbs for even challenging an election where 50% of the frickin' machines broke down on election day. She has the audacity, the gall to, I mean, you were the you were the head election official in Arizona, and you're going to put your stamp of approval on this and say this was a, a perfectly ran election? That just makes you look like a dumbass. I mean, if that's you at your best, we'd hate to see you at your worst, right, Arizona? Am I right, Arizona? I mean, come on. what? A, ah, these people, these crooked, corrupt, deep state, swamp-ass rats, and their arrogance, they just rub your nose in it like you're a freaking dog. I hate these people. Now, on top of that, I want you to take a look at how the media has already started attacking Kerry. Lake. Just just type in Kerry Lake to Google, and then click on the News tab, and here's what you get. New York Times. Kerry Lake sues Arizona's largest county, seeking to overturn her defeat. Kerry Lake files lawsuit in bid to overturn Arizona election. Kerry uh, Lake challenges her defeat in Arizona. Uh, this isn't. As, I swear to I swear to God, I looked at this five minutes ago, and it was way worse. <laughs> they were they were saying like loser Katie Hobbs challenges election, blah blah blah. They were like making her out to be a loser. Uh, this is this is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not inaccurate to say she seeks to overturn her defeat. But anyways, okay. So so pretend I never, I never pulled this up. Let's just pretend I never did that. Let's get into the actual lawsuit. Okay. So, this is the mother of all lawsuits. And guys, I'm just going to say, this is a frickin' Hail Mary. Because we know how corrupt the court system is. Um, A lot of people have basically written this off as a done deal before it ever even gets onto the docket. Uh... And I'm right there with you. I think that the chances of success here are very minimal, not because of the merits of this case, but because of what we've seen for the last two years. But I got to say, I was up till 1 a.m. reading this bad boy. And if this ain't a frickin' rock-solid election challenge, uh, laying out factual information and whistleblower uh, declarations, I mean, Guys, get this. So Carrie Lake actually had whistleblowers from Runbeck. She also had whistleblowers from inside of the Maricopa County, um, Tech, The people that were verifying the signatures on the mail-in ballots. She she had whistleblowers. She also had expert opinion, an expert opinion from Clay Pariah, former Pro V and V employee. I mean, this was the guy that he he was a machine expert. That was commissioned to certify Dominion Machines for Pro V and V for a number of years. And his expert opinion is in this lawsuit, okay? And all of these people are accounting firsthand uh, election improprieties. Okay? Um So I am not gonna read you 70 frickin' pages of a dry lawsuit, okay, because that's just not good content content. I mean, this ain't frickin' audible.com but I've highlighted a lot of stuff to make give you guys the bare bones necessary so you guys can get an understanding of what uh, Carrie Lake is alleging here. First of all, I want to note that the attorneys representing Carrie Lake are Brian James Blem, and Blem, uh, Brian Blem happened to be the Cyber Ninja's attorney. And I don't know how good I feel about that. Uh, the Cyber Ninja's attorney there wasn't too many good things that happened regarding cyber ninjas in the courts so I don't feel too good about that one and I've also seen Gail Golick post a couple things on her telegram and and is very very weary about this guy Um, but you also have uh, Kurt Olson Kurt Olson is Mike Lindell's attorney and Trump's former attorney now correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure that Kurt Olson was one of Kerry Lake's attorneys that was sanctioned the other week. It, I, I swear I'm, I'm not sure about that, so don't take that on its face. But I think uh, Kurt Olson might have been one of the attorneys that was sanctioned last week. If not, it was um, this other guy, the guy that you know brought Abraham Hamadeh's lawsuit. But what I'm—I I really hope. That Cary Lake is not using any of the attorneys that were sanctioned by the Obama judge last week. Because that would, I mean, that would just be like a poison pill in this lawsuit. So let's hope that neither of these guys were sanctioned. So, Kerry Lake is suing Katie Hobbs, Stephen Richer, Bill Gates, Clint Hickman, Jack Sellers, Thomas Galvin, and Steve Gay Ardo. As well as the Maricopa County Director of Elections, Scott Jarrett. All right, so here's the summary of the case. The eyes of the county are on Arizona on November 30th, 2022. Rasmussen reports published a poll of likely U.S. voters asking about the election day problems with vote tabulation. Um, let me zoom in so you guys can maybe some of you can read along if you want to. Uh Voters asking about the election day problems with vote tabulation in Maricopa County. This poll asked whether responding voters agreed or disagreed with contestant Carrie Lake's statement calling the election botched and stating... This isn't about Republican or Democrats. This is about our sacred, sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on election day, November 8th. The results of that poll are stunning. 72% of likely voters said they agree with Lake's statement, including 45% who strongly agree. Now, I got to be honest with you. I've never seen a lawsuit open up with a Rasmussen poll before. That's a new one. But that's not a bad thing. I just never seen it before. The number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election on November eighth far exceeds the seventeen thousand one hundred and seventeen vote margin between Katie Hobbs and Kerry Lake. Now I know a lot of you guys out there are like, "Ooh, seventeen one seventeen. That's got to mean something, right?" That I'm pretty sure that means white hats are in control there. But uh, nonetheless. Witnesses who were present at the Maricopa County McTech Center, Runbeck Election Services, and a multitude of Maricopa County voters as well as other facts meticulously gathered show hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected the election in Maricopa. So we have a vote. uh, We have a margin of 17,000 votes. And Kerry Lake is saying we can show hundreds of thousands of of illegal votes cast in Maricopa County. Thousands of Republican voters were disenfranchised as a result of Maricopa County election officials' misconduct in connection with this widespread tabulator or printer failures at 59% of the 223 vote centers in Maricopa County. Just a few days ago, the public learned Secretary Hobbs and Maricopa County election officials, including recorder Stephen Richer, participated in an unconstitutional government censorship operation using an election misinformation reporting portal created by the DHS and CISA. And we've covered that on this channel. So it's kind of odd. This this part right here is a, is a big part of Carrie Lake's lawsuit, Bringing a First Amendment violation into an election challenge is also something I've never seen before. But nonetheless, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I've just never seen it before. Alright, moving on. The tabulator's rejection of thousands of ballots set off a domino chain of electoral improprieties, rampant administrative chaos and confusion, lengthy delays at polling sites, and ultimately the prevention of qualified voters from having their votes counted. Video footage, first-hand accounts, and expert testimony directly contradict Maricopa County officials' public statements deliberately attempting to downplay these events. The evidence including a detailed sworn declaration by Clay Pariah of ProVNV. The expert's evidence shows uh, shows conservatively that at least between 15,603 and 29,257 Republican voters were disenfranchised from voting as a direct consequence of the voting machine failures in Maricopa. Testimony by whistleblowers, okay, no chain of custody. Uh, Maricopa County officials also permitted tens of thousands of mail-in drop box ballots that did not satisfy signature verification requirements, okay, so... This is a summary of the case, right? And we're, 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 we're hitting it. We're hitting this thing at all sorts of different angles, everything from voter disenfranchisement to ballot signature fraud to 14th amendment, equal protection violations, even first amendment violations. Okay. So I would say that this is, um, this is going to sound bad, but it's sort of like we're throwing everything at the wall here, hoping that something sticks. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to me that Kerry Lake is able to put all of this together despite the fact that Maricopa County has been completely defiant in their request for records. I mean, Kerry Lake requested records and they, they refused to give them over. The Attorney General Assistant Jennifer Wright requested records and they refused to turn them over. Kelly Townsend of the Arizona Senate requested records and they refused to turn them over. So Kerry Lake was able to put this lawsuit together despite the obstruction from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And, uh, you know, imagine what she what she's, would be able to add to this lawsuit at a later date once, well, hopefully, the courts forced them to turn over those records. Um, so this is just a bare-bones overview of the various problems and, and improprieties that happened. All right, so here we have an example of signatures that didn't match. However, these uh, were counted. And however, this, this was from the 2020 election. And interestingly enough, Kerry Lake, in multiple instances throughout this lawsuit, cites... Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't sharing my screen. So here's an example of, of, uh, of a ballot compared to the signature on file from the 2020 election. And Kerry Lake is showing... That they don't match whatsoever. I mean, these two signatures clearly don't match, okay? And this is from the twenty twenty election, and so she's 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 alleging that there was tens of thousands of non-matching signatures that were counted in this election. All right, so um, I'm I'm. I- I highlighted a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to skip it over. Skip over this whole section where she basically just pulls up all the legal principles and laws that apply to this lawsuit that were violated by the defendants. Now, here's the general allegations. So approximately 60% of the 2.6 million votes cast in the 2022 Arizona general election came from Maricopa. Of that figure, Maricopa reported that approximately 248,000 votes were cast on Election Day, November 8, 2022, by in-person votes at one of Maricopa's 223 vote centers. Maricopa reported that more than 1.3 million early ballots were returned via Dropbox or through the U.S. Postal Service. According to figures published by Maricopa County, Lake received... 752,714, and while Hobbs received 790,352 in Maricopa County. The difference between Hobbs and Lake is larger than the difference between the two candidates statewide, which was only 17,177 votes. <clears throat> I, got, I, don't, I don't even understand that. I don't even understand what the accusation is there. So Katie Hobbs won uh, by thirty-seven thousand in Maricopa County. However, the statewide difference was only seventeen thousand. Well, yeah, I, I would assume that the other red royal counties diminished that number. I don't know what I don't know what they're trying to say there, <laughs> but I'm not a math guy. Okay, maybe I'm missing something. All right, so. Some residents voted using mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots are sent out by a county contractor, Runbeck. Runbeck prints the name and address of the voter on an outer mailing envelope. The outer mailing envelope contains a packet, including a ballot and a return ballot affidavit envelope. The voter completes the ballots, seals it inside the return envelope, and signs the return envelope. By signing the return envelope, the voter declares under penalty of perjury that he or she is the actual voter, of the ballot contained in the envelope. A voter can return the mail-in ballot to Maricopa County uh, by USPS. A voter can also drop off a mail-in ballot at an official Maricopa ballot drop box. Okay? And I think essentially what she's laying out here is that there was uh, multiple opportunities for fraud, okay? Where, you know, Runbeck, run back, they're the ones that... um. Receives the ballots and the scans. You know the signature images are captured for electronic verification, and um, I, I I think what she's trying to say here is that there was signatures that didn't match, and she's laying out how the process goes so that you can um, try to pinpoint and narrow down where these thousands of ballots with non-matching signatures, uh, you know, could have happened. So this is expanding upon the tens of thousands of ballots with mismatched signatures illegally counted. After a lengthy investigation into election failures and potential misconduct that occurred in 2020, Attorney General Bernovich issued a report on April 6, 2022, making numerous findings, including that the early ballot affidavit signature verification system in Arizona, and particularly when applied to Maricopa County, may be insufficient to guard against abuse. The Attorney General stated that requiring a match between the signature on the ballot affidavit and the signature on file with the state is currently the most important election integrity measure when it comes to early ballots. And yes, one of the only things that, you know, Attorney General Burnovich did right when he was investigating into the 2020 election and the report from Cyber Ninjas, he concluded with with you know one of his one of his um, preliminary reports said that the signature me- verification process in Arizona is completely flawed and the numbers that were reported would basically basically what Maricopa County said in 2020 was that they were processing ballot signatures at a rate of like 3 seconds which is impossible and burnovich said that there's there's absolutely no way that you could have match these signatures in the time frame that you were alleging. And Bernovich also concluded with saying that the signature verification is the most important election integrity measure across the board. Now, what's interesting about that is that's one of the things that when we were fighting after the 2020 election, we wanted to audit the um, th- the paper ballots, we wanted to audit the machines, we wanted to, you know, con- conduct um, investigations into chain of custody documents and stuff like that. What I noticed, what I noticed throughout this process is there was two things which the deep state was absolutely adamant and refused to allow, and that is an audit of the ballot envelope signatures and a canvas. I mean, think about the levels that they went to shut down Liz Harris's canvassing effort. I mean, they were actually paying for radio ads to tell voters not to talk to the canvassers because they were trying to disenfranchise voters and intimidate voters. They also called in the heavies. The DOJ made threats to the Arizona Senate regarding a canvas. They did not want a canvas to happen. And the other thing is, a a signature match. I mean, nowhere in the country was there a signature match, except for like a year after the election, there was like an unofficial signature check by Dr. Shiva's echo mail in Arizona. And do you remember what he found? He found something like... um, So Maricopa reported that there was only 526 ballots rejected for non-matching signatures in 2020 and Dr. Shiva determined that that number should have been like upwards of 25,000. But apart from that, there was absolutely no signature check anywhere across the country and they were adamant about not allowing you to do that. So... um, one of the things that's interesting is in, in Carrie Lake's relief, you know, the relief that she's asking from the courts is she wants an audit and she specifically wants an audit of the ballot envelope signatures. So, um, it's going to be interesting what happens here. Now, reading on, I'm going to skip this part because she's talking about what happened in 2020, which I just explained the findings that were concluded from, uh, Dr. Shiva's echo mail, um... Signature check. So I'm going to skip that. But what she does say. Is that. Um, so there was. There was egregious mismatches in 2020. And a lot of those names. Those mismatches. Happened to also vote in the 2022 general election. So there's obviously something there. Where there's smoke. There's fire. We know that there was these uh, mismatches in 2020. And here we have those same names again in 2022. Now, do we know that those signatures don't match? No, we can't know that. We'd have to actually look, um, which is why she's seeking that relief. But this is, I guess you could say, what's the word? Um, Reason for you to, I mean, it's it's reason for you to look under the hood. Okay, so now we're going to get to actual... Um, whistleblowers, whistleblowers from inside of Maricopa County. So there was uh, three witnesses that testified that they and their co-workers rejection rates while verifying signatures in the 2022 uh, election range from 35 percent to 40 percent. That's astronomically high. Almost f- uh, like 40 percent of the of the signatures not matching is astronomically high. So um, Jacqueline Onigkeet reviewed approximately 42,500 ballots and rejected about thirteen to 15,000 of them with rejection rates in the 25% to 40% range. Andy Myers described Maricopa's process for signature verification and curing and said, quote, In my room, we had a whiteboard that Michelle would update with the number of ballots to be verified that day. Throughout the day, Michelle would update the progress the people were making in verifying signatures. The, the math never added up. Typically, we, we were processing about 60,000 signatures a day. I would hear that people were rejecting 20 to 30%, which means I would expect to see 12 to 15,000 ballots in my pile for curing the next day. However, I would consistently see every morning only about 1,000 envelopes to be cured. We typically saw about one-tenth of the rejected ballots we were told we would see. So I hope you guys understand this, because this is pretty big. So when you have mismatched signatures in Arizona, it goes through a process of curing. And here's how it works, okay? So you have, on one level, the people matching the signatures. And let's say I find a mismatch, okay? Then that goes to level two, management. Now, a manager who's above me is going to look at that and I guess because they're, you know, more qualified and have more training, then they can make the determination that, well, it looks good to me. Actually, this is a match. Okay? But if the manager decides that, yeah, you're correct. This is a mismatch. Then it goes to curing. And the curing people, what they do is they get on the phone with the voter and they try to uh, work it out with the voter over the phone and say, hey, we've got your ballot here. It looks like the signatures don't match. Um, did you mean to vote this way or whatever? Blah, blah, blah. And they'll say yes. And then they'll say, okay, we got that one taken care of. This ballot can count. They have five days to cure. If the, if the, the voter, they can't get a hold of them or whatever, then the ballot's not supposed to count. But here's what this whistleblower is saying. This whistleblower is saying that They were the people in the so they were part of the curing process and they had heard That the people looking at the signatures had 15,000 that didn't match Okay, so you're expecting the next day. You're gonna get 15,000 ballots on your desk that you have to cure however, what they say is They were only getting 10% of those ballots the next day and so what that means is that the managers above the people looking at the signatures the managers were taking a second look and saying nope looks good to me 90% of the time do you see why that's such a big problem because the manager is the is the is the one who gets to decide they they have the power to decide that this ballot's going to count even though the signatures don't match. And what this whistleblower is saying is that that's what they were doing. 90% of the time, the signatures didn't match. And when you have 40% of the ballots where the signatures don't match, in an election where you had like 2.6 million ballots, well, in Maricopa, there was 1.3 million mail-in ballots. So, I'm terrible at math. But if 40% of those didn't match how many is that that's that's like 500,000 that's like oh that's like yeah that's like half a million ballots okay let's just make it easy that's like half a million ballots okay now of those ballots uh, half a million the managers were saying that even though the signatures don't match we're going to count it Wow. So I think this is one of the biggest pieces of evidence that she has in her lawsuit. All right. The managers were, were reversing and approving signatures that the level 1 workers expected to be rejected. Wow. Yeah, this that's that's pretty big. That's pretty freaking big. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, this is Okay, on the last day of work, November 15th, we were asked by manager Celia to go through perhaps five to 7,000 ballots that had already been rejected at levels 1, 2, and 3. We were asked to go to the Shell program and to only find one signature that matched the green envelope. Even if all other signatures in the program did not match the green envelope. The implication from Celia is that was desperate to get the work complete and that she wanted the ballots approved. These five to 7,000 ballots had already been through the full level 1, 2, and 3 process and been rejected. Therefore, I do not know why. Going through them again, and that is why it seemed that Celia wanted them approved. So here's, here's another big one. You have upwards of 7,000 ballots that failed level 1, Level two and level three signature processing. And then the manager uh, finagled, manipulated the process so that ball- those ballots still counted. 7,000 ballots right there. This is first hand witness of 7,000 ballots being counted by one person. One person witnessed this. This is just the... the, This is the person that was willing to come forward, but you can imagine there's way more than that. And we're talking about an election, remember, that was decided by 17,000 votes. Wow. Whoa. Maricopa permitted any signature reviewer to unreject ballots without accountability using curing stickers. Workers were able to obtain massive amounts of these stickers and use them to cure ballots without oversight. In order to perform the curing process, we were given a batch of stickers to place on a ballot, which included stickers with abbreviations. One of the problems with the stickers was that nothing prevented a level 1, 2, or 3 worker from requesting a massive amount of approved stickers and placing them on ballots. Again, observers did not watch any level 3 work and did not watch most of level 2 work. Once stickers were placed on ballots... There was no record on the ballot or elsewhere to determine who placed the sticker there. We were told to not sign or initial the sticker, but to only date it. Accordingly, there was no way to know who placed verified stickers on ballots. The system was wide open to abuse and allowed for potential false placement of verified stickers without accountability. So this is more circumstantial. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Circumstantial. You have a vulnerability, massive vulnerability. Where level, uh, I mean, these workers they could just basically request ten thousand approved stickers, and with no oversight, just mark them approved without doing any work and without any oversight. And given what we, you know, what we already know, I would imagine that happened at least a couple times. Now, um, so there was a third-party contractor called Star Center and they were part of the process of carrying ballots that were previously rejected by all levels of signature review. This off-site group was not accountable to observers, Nystrom explained. Whoa. Okay, so I did. I must have been too tired to pick up on this last night, but I, I still highlighted it. But, okay, so here we have, again, we have ballots that were rejected at levels 1, 2, and 3. And even though these ballots... Straight up just shouldn't count. They had a third party that was working off-site, not accountable to anyone, not even to observers. <laughs> that is freaking nuts, man. Okay, so they were called Star Center. So if you want to look, if if you want to get up your state senator's ass, ask him about Star Center. <laughs> ask Mark Burnovich, what the hell is this Star Center shit, dude? What is this? A third party contractor taking ballots off site with no observers? Ballots that have already been rejected three times? That's nuts, man. Star Center, they say, was a third party contractor that worked completely off site but had the same access to the voters' file information as we did on the computers at McTech to cure their affidavit signature. My understanding of the Star Center's curing process was to verify information from the voters' uh, personal information. Uh, It is my understanding that the Star Center was able to cure and did cure ballots, but were not able to see the actual ballot with the signature on it. It is my understanding that the Star Center work was not monitored with observers, whereas my work was required to be monitored by observers. Since they had the ability to cure and reverse the rejection of signatures, I do not know why their work was not monitored. Me freaking neither, dude. But you know what? I have a pretty good guess why it wasn't monitored, and it's because... Arizona elections are frickin' rigged. I can't believe this, man. You had a third party with the ability to reverse rejected ballots working off-site with no oversight. That's crazy.
2: No.
1: you oh
2: Fighterflare.com.
4: See to me. We need to look into uh, what is it? Star Center. All right. So uh, we already know about the ballot printer failures. So um, Carrie Lake had roving attorneys during the election. She had RNC attorneys. 18 volunteers who were tasked with traveling to and observing select vote centers throughout Maricopa County on Election Day. So you remember uh, Carrie Lake kept saying she's got the, the best attorneys in the business. You know, she's got people all over the ground. She's got attorneys watching everything. This is what she was talking about. She set up a an observer program with volunteer attorneys from the RNC. Now, I get a little... <laughs> I get the heebie-jeebies when I see RNC. But... Uh, apparently, they noticed some improprieties. So the vote center spreadsheet and the vote center declarations through together show widespread election day chaos throughout the vote centers in Maricopa County on election day. The ballot tabulators and ballot printers experienced rampant breakdowns at no less than 132 out of the total 223 Maricopa County vote centers, which prevented the ballot tabulators from scanning many voters ballots. We already know this. We already know that. Uh, The numbers ranged anywhere from 5 to 100%. Holy smokes. Okay. Now, the Board of Supervisors lied. Okay, this is the summary of the next section here. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors lied about how many vote centers had issues, how long they had issues. Um, They tried to say that the issues were resolved by like 11, and they have proof that they were still broken down by 3 p.m., you know, and so the the Maricopa County's public statements are total flat out lies. It persisted. It was on, an ongoing issue. These tabulators breaking down was an ongoing issue that persisted from the beginning of the election until the end of the day, which obviously caused people to wait in long frickin lines. Now, here we have um, a declaration from a poll worker named Mr. Steele. Mr. Steele says, on Election Day, uh, he was tasked with helping voters check into the site books, and he said that, in his estimation, 170 to 175 voters waiting in line on the evening of Election Day gave up and did not vote. Now, that's one vote center, where 175 people decided to just go home and say, screw it, because they didn't want to wait in the long lines. And remember... Maricopa County was denied an extension that day. Uh, They requested an extension and they were denied by a judge, even though Apache County did get an extension. Crazy, right? So it's safe to assume that many voters abandoned the voting lines to cast a ballot or were discouraged from traveling to a vote center in the first place. Now, here we have the commingling of non-tabulated ballots on Election Day. We know that these ballots that were supposed to be placed in door number three were commingled with ballots that had already been tabulated. And there's no way to know if those ballots that were supposed to be put in door three brought to McTech and counted later, if they were ever actually counted. You also don't know if those ballots that were already tabulated were counted again. Because you mixed them to frickin' gather, you dipshits. So, how are we supposed to know that you didn't count ballots twice? Or how are we supposed to know that the black duffel bags where you put the door three with with the already tabulated weren't counted at all? We don't. We don't know. Alright, so, let's see. I'm I'm skipping ahead because I'm summarizing the the rest of this for you guys. Um, so here we have Maricopa County lying about the wait times. You know, they, they, they tried to say that there was no, nobody waiting longer than like 60 minutes. However, you know, there was, there was tons of vote centers where people were waiting 80 to 115 minutes. I mean, there were 64 vote centers that had long, long enough lines on election day for them to be noted by various declarants. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, the Board of Supervisors lied. Of course they lied. We know that. But this is just evidence of, you know, what the actual lines were. (laughs) Just proving that there there was people disenfranchised who didn't have time to stand in a four-hour frickin' line. Okay? Um... And I'm, I'm just trying to skip over. I'm trying to skip over the really dry stuff here. So, and especially skip over the stuff we already have heard a million times. All right, so the catastrophic failures of tabulators at more than half of Maricopa County's vote centers disenfranchised at least 15,000 to 30,000 Republican voters who would have cast their vote for Kerry Lake. Um, we know that 70% of voters who showed up on election day voted for Carrie Lake. Richard Barris, a professional data analyst, um, he said that based on accepted mathematical principles and Maricopa County voter histories, the tabulator breakdowns suppressed election day turnout to the tune of 15,000 to 30,000 votes, which would easily swing that election in the favor of Katie Hobbs. All right, then we get into the First Amendment violation stuff, which again, I'm, I'm, just, I just got to say, it's weird that this was put into an election challenge. I don't know if, um, I, I don't, I, I've never seen that before, anything like this. So, well, I, I guess you could, I guess what she's alleging here is that Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer, who had it out for for Carrie Lake from the get go, uh. Katie Hobbs was the secretary of state who oversaw her election and she's out here silencing her political opponents. Meanwhile, Steven Richard is running a pack raising money to take down America first candidates, mainly Carrie Lake. Okay. So she's colluding with big tech and government to manipulate the outcome of an election. So I'm, so it's not just a first amendment violation. This is part of her argument that Katie Hobbs rigged the election. Now we're not going to go into detail here because I've covered this collaboration with Katie Hobbs, Stephen Richer, Sissa, and Twitter ad nauseum. And I think that would bore people. Uh, but you guys know you, you guys know the details about that. Um, now here's where we get to something else that's very interesting, which is the testimony of Clay Pariah. Clay Pariah being the former Pro V employee who was actually, you know, he was an employee that he uh, audited the Dominion machines and certified them prior to elections for 9 years. He was uh he gave support to organizations such as NATO, NASA, Marshall Space Flight Center, and multiple Department of Defense agencies within the US government. This guy's credentials are freaking absurdly massive. All right, so uh He spent nine years performing security tests, and his conclusions as to the widespread printer and tabulator breakdowns on Election Day at vote centers in Maricopa Maricopa County are damning. Here's what Clay Pariah said about this massive breakdown, these printer issues, these Dominion machines not working, reading ballots. Here's what he said. Quote, some components of the voting system used in the election were not certified, thus endangering the entire voting system. Process and I believe he's referring to the printers. The use of one of these uncertified components violates Arizona law. There were numerous procedural violations that can only be categorized as intentional. That's a big word intentional. It was no accident. This is an expert saying that what happened on election day was intentional. Maricopa County experienced a widespread technical breakdown across a significant portion of their vote centers. They reported 70 sites out of 223 were affected. Other reports list as high as 132 sites out of 223, blah, 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 blah. Whichever figure is correct, given the required standards and procedures involved with the election process, an unintentional widespread failure of this magnitude occurring could not arise absent intentional misconduct. The explanations given to the public and media for what caused the technical issues were not correct. The county also did not sufficiently provide the affected voters with instructions, nor the poll workers with procedures for the contingency plan or backup plan, let alone ensure the plan and the mitigation was implemented effectively and efficiently. Mr. Pariah's findings and conclusions also warrant an immediate and full forensic audit. Oh, geez, are we talking about an Arizona Senate type audit? Because, uh, yeah, I'm fresh out of uh, I'm fresh out of giving a shits about the Arizona Senate's ability to conduct election audits. Okay, and I don't mean to be harsh here, but uh, I spent nine months, nine months, uh, just just obsessing over that thing every freaking day. And what did it result in? Well, actually, Joe Biden got a few more votes. It was all a frickin'... I mean, I don't believe audits are the answer. I'm sorry. Because there's always an instance where, oh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors just so happened to put all the boxes in the back of a box truck, broke the chain of custody, there's a big fire at Clint Hickman's farm, all the boxes, the seals were broken, and we have no no idea what happened but um something's not adding up here oh and the maricopa county's also not going to give you the splunk logs they're also going to delete the dominion logs um and they're they're going to just basically destroy all the evidence and now you can audit the the machines now you can audit the paper ballots you know i've been through i've been through this before so you know she's seeking the relief Of of an election audit. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath for that to... to, I'm not going to hold my breath for nine months waiting for another audit to to tell me uh, more lies. Anyways. Illegal ballot handling and chain of custody failures with respect to over 300,000 ballots make the outcome of the election uncertain. So, chain of custody... It's a big deal. And apparently we had um, a Runbeck employee who witnessed election workers delivering early vote ballots retrieved from drop boxes and mail-in ballots from the Postal Service where the chain of custody paperwork was non-existent. And... uh I'm having PTSD again because I remember the same thing happening in 2020. There was no chain of custody documentation whatsoever on the drop boxes. And what happened to the criminals? Uh, not a damn thing. Didn't make a dent in the criminals' ability to rig elections. Okay, but uh, it's still very, very much illegal. So, Runbeck received about three... 100,000 ballots and the required chain of custody for those ballots does not exist. Indeed, two days later on November 10th, the employees observed that Maricopa County had had to ask Runbeck how many ballots Runbeck had received on election night, demonstrating that Maricopa County itself did not know how many early vote ballots had been retrieved. Huh? Huh? Okay. So, the runbeck employee says 300,000 ballots. They asked Maricopa County how many they received and they did not know. The runbeck employee's testimony is confirmed by Maricopa County's response to a public records request for chain of custody forms. Early voting ballot transfer transport statements were produced by Maricopa County on December 6th in response to request by Lake Maricopa County produced 1,149 of these documents dated October 12th through November 7th, but not a single document from Election Day ballot drop box retrievals. Ooh, not a single one. Big shocker. The official canvas report indicated that Maricopa County received over 292,000 early vote ballots, not including provisional, and ballots picked up at the Postal Service dropped dropped off on Election Day. However, Maricopa County did not produce chain of custody documents for these requested election day ballot uh, drop box ballots. The fact that no required chain of custody documentation exists for these 300,000 ballots is further confirmed by the sworn testimony of a credentialed election observer at McTech on election day. That observer testified she observed the trucks and vehicles delivering ballots and memory cards from the vote centers and ballot drop boxes. She observed the delivery of the transport containers of ballots retrieved from drop boxes on election night. The witness observed the receipt and processing of the ballot transport containers. She saw McTech workers cut the plastic security seals off of the ballots transport containers and let them fall to the floor without any attempt to record seal numbers. When the transport containers were opened, The ballots inside the containers were not counted, and therefore no numbers were recorded on retrieval forms. She observed the transport containers of early voting ballots delivered without any required documentation or paperwork on the outside of the containers. No early voting ballot transport statements were utilized. She observed early ballot envelopes being removed by workers from open containers without any attempt to count them or document them as required by Arizona law. She observed packages of misfed misread ballots collected and moved around with no discernible process to track or account for the ballots. That's important. That right there is important, okay? So we have an observer who watched the ballots that were uh, um misread ballots, right? They couldn't be read. They were collected and moved around with no discernible process to track or account for. She observed temporary employees moving unsecured metal carts full of ballots without any security or monitoring. So it sounds like the there's a lot of sloppiness going on here and a lot of opportunities for fraud. And this is the problem when you have no chain of custody. The entire ballot transfer process provides opportunities for legal ballots to be lost, or illegal ballots to be added. I mean, if you're picking up these ballots from the drop boxes, and you don't have to count how many you picked up, and there's no chain of custody documentation, how easy it to, is it to destroy ballots? Or how easy it, is it to add ballots into the batch at any point in time of the process? Because when even when these ballots are changing hands, nobody knows how many you had to start with so no, nobody can possibly be pinned down for that crime and these people know it and so you, you create an opportunity a window all it takes is one one bad actor <clears throat> um and that and it's, it's it's very illegal it's very illegal to not follow these these processes so you know you know what i find interesting just a little tidbit here here's what i find interesting You have all these election workers, these employees, including Katie Hobbs, breaking laws constantly, not following their own election procedures. But then when um, Cochise County says, I don't want to certify this election because of all the fraud, then you say, you have a statutory obligation to certify this election. And if you don't, then I'm going to arrest you and I'm going to charge you with a class six felony and I'm going to replace you with somebody who will because the law must be upheld in Arizona. Uh, 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 I mean, it's only 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 we have to follow the law. You corrupt bastards can break the law all freaking day and we can we can document it. You can have video footage of it. You can have sworn testimony, uh, expert testimony doesn't matter. You can, you can, I can show you the piece of paper that you were supposed to sign the chain of custody form with no signature. Here's the law was broken, but what happens? Nothing, nothing ever happens. But when one of, one of our guys says, I don't want to certify this rigged election. Boom. Give them the death penalty, force them to pay off the national debt, just kill every man, woman and child in their homes. Because they're treasonous criminals, right? I mean, I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of the double standard. I'm sick of it. I've had enough of it. Now, before we continue, please smash that rumble button and subscribe to this channel, guys. Because, you know, um, I, you know, reading a 70-page lawsuit, it's a lot of work. Especially twice. You know, and all I ask is you click a button, come on. It's just, it's... Come on, can you click that rumble button? And also subscribe. Now let's keep going. All right, so check this out. Here's another big piece of evidence here. The Runbeck employee also testified that she observed Runbeck employees being permitted to add their own and family members' ballots into the batches of incoming ballots without any documentation or tracking the chain of custody of these ballots. There's no way to know whether 50 ballots or 50,000 ballots, were unlawfully added into the election in this way. The Runbeck facility is not a legal ballot drop-off site, so regardless of how many, it's illegal. Basically, the Runbeck employees, (laughs) Runbeck, a private company, had the ability, they were allowed to just toss ballots into the pile and say yeah that was my uncle's that was my 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 grandmother that was my uh voting age adult child that was my that was my mom that was my stepmom that was my stepdad right i could just toss 20 ballots on the pile and say they were my family members and uh even though it's not a legal Dropbox site and i'm breaking the law even if it was just my ballot they were allowed to do this so runbeck's <laughs> Runbeck's a freaking private company, guys. That's a pretty big one. And this is a Runbeck employee telling on their employer. Now check this out. Throughout the 2022 election cycle, Runbeck printed duplicate ballots. These are duplicates of ballots that had been damaged in some way or could not be read by the tabulator. The selections from the voter were, were supposed to be filled in and a new Duplicate ballot printed The Runbeck employee stated that there were at least 9,530 Duplicate ballots printed When these ballots were picked up by Maricopa County there was no documentation No delivery shipping Receipt, no chain of custody document No signature They were simply handed over to the delivery driver Okay um, She's reiterating That Mark Burnovich On April 6, 2021 said that Maricopa County violated Arizona law by failing to maintain proper chain of custody for early ballots retrieved from ballot drop boxes in connection with the twenty twenty election. Now you would think now you would think that if you got caught the first time, if you got caught in the twenty twenty election not keeping a solid chain of custody on drop boxes, that you would step your game up in the next election, right? I mean, yeah, it was a it was a new it was a new thing, all these drop boxes. So you know, we had to make these adjustments, these changes, and uh, we we just we're a little sloppy, a little sloppy the first time, but we'll clean it up next time. Nope, turns out the same exact thing. Why? Because nothing happened to them. There was nobody punished for it, and obviously the reason is because it creates an opportunity for fraud. <clears throat> um. So, actually, um, Carrie Lake points out the fact that Katie Hobbs forced Cochise County to certify, despite there w- the fact that there was no statutory obligation for them to do so. She Then she goes on to say, Over 25,000 ballots were added to the total ballots collected after Election Day, indicating a chain of custody failure. Now, I want to summarize this for you. So, Maricopa County found more than 25 additional ballots, right? So, uh, two days after Election Day, Maricopa County found more than 25,000 additional ballots. Now, if they were to follow the proper chain of custody, they would be required to know the exact number of ballots submitted by the day after election, November 9, 2022. Specifically, Maricopa County's public statements concerning remaining ballots to be counted on November 9th and November 10th show an increase of approximately 25,000 votes with no explanation of why the number of remaining ballots could increase. Okay. So there was, there was, um, j- just randomly 25,000 ballots showed up two days after the election with no way to reconcile where those ballots came from. And when you have a massive, um, botched chain of custody, Uh, one can only assume that these are fraudulent ballots that were allowed into the count after the legal deadline for accepting ballots had closed. Okay, so the final paragraph of this section says this unexplained increase in EV ballots was also reflected on the Department of State website between the 9th and the 10th. On the 9th, Maricopa County reported to the AZ Department of State that it had it had counted 1.1 million ballots and had <sighs> I don't feel like reading these big numbers and had 407,664 ballots left to be tabulated. That is a total of blah 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 ballots. By November 11th, Maricopa County reported, and the Department of State published that the Maricopa that Maricopa had counted blah 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 ballots and had blah, blah, blah ballots left to tabulate. So here the numbers just don't add up. The numbers don't add up, and we have uh, conflicting data sets where these 25,000 ballots do not reconcile with the two data sets. I mean, so there was 25,000 ballots magically inserted into the count. And this is evidence of, of, of um, them accepting not just probably fake ballots... But twenty five thousand ballots after the legal deadline. Okay, so we've got a lot of fraud up in this, up in this, uh, up in this he- heezy. We got a lot of fraud up in here. So many different instances. <clears throat> um, and you know this next section talks about the false statements made by Maricopa County officials that constitute misconduct. Uh, Secretary of Hobbs, who oversaw her election, threatened supervisors with arrest. Um, Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer raised thousands of dollars for a political action committee that was expressly created to oppose Lake and her political allies, um, blah, 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 improper certification. Katie Hobbs formally certified that, that she had received more votes than Carrie Lake on December 5th and the rampant equipment failures and illegal processes in Maricopa County make it impossible to know with any reasonable degree of confidence, whether an outcome determinative number of votes for Lake were not counted, miscounted, or illegally deterred, so basically it was illegal to certify that election. Now I'm so, I'm going to scroll past a lot of this stuff where we're citing statutes and kind of giving um sections about equal protection and due process and you know uh, non secret mail in ballots and, and basically Arizona law and constitutional, Arizona constitutional law. All right, and now the last part here. We're getting to the end, and I'm, pooh, this this is exhausting, I got to tell you, going through a 70-page lawsuit. But here we have the relief, the demand for relief that Carrie Lake demands. So here's what she's asking the courts. A, An opportunity to inspect Maricopa County ballots from the 2022 general election, including ballots, signature envelopes, and the corresponding signatures on file with Maricopa County prior to trial. B, a root cause analysis and forensic examination into the causes and extent of the printer tabulator problems encountered on election day. C, a trial of all disputed factual issues. D, an order striking all signatures on file with Maricopa County that are not the registered... Um, Not the registration record pursuant to ARS 16-550. E, an order striking any invalid ballots or types of ballots on an absolute or prorated basis. F, an order setting aside the certified result of the 2022 general election. In the alternative, an order vacating the certified results of the 2022 Arizona uh, governor election. And an injunction requiring that Maricopa County reconduct the election <clears throat> H recusal of defendants Hobbs and richer from further participation in matters involving the 2022 election. Okay, so what Carrie Lake is asking the courts is for an audit prior to trial. Uh, she's asking for either the election to be reversed. She's asking for a new election. Um, and she's asking that the new election be conducted without Stephen Richer and Katie Hobbs involved in the process. Now, I got to say, this is a Hail Mary. This is a Hail Mary pass, you know, with with five seconds on the clock. And um, while I think it's it's completely sound in, in evidence, merit, we know how the courts are in Arizona. You know, I, I commend Carrie Lake for fighting this damn thing. Um, but the, the climate in Arizona is, it's very swampy. It's very, very swampy. So if this gets into a courtroom, I would be, honestly, I would be shocked. I really would because the relief that she is seeking, uh, the, the relief that she is seeking is absolutely, I mean, it's perfectly logical. It's perfectly logical, but I'm, I gotta say. I'm not 100,000% optimistic here. And it's not because of Carrie Lake, and it's not because of this lawsuit. It's because of everything I've witnessed for the last two years. But we have to pray, and we have to back Carrie, and we have to support these efforts, okay? Um, Because what else would you like her to do, you know? This this, This is what we've got. We've got an election challenge... To a botched election, clearly botched election, multiple witnesses, um, whistleblowers, expert testimony, documented evidence of improprieties and chain of custody records, I mean, that she has on hand that show massive opportunities for fraud, Uh, clearly there was, I mean, I think the biggest piece of evidence in this lawsuit, the biggest piece of all, is what happened in the count room where they were verifying signatures, when you tell me that you had 40%, 40% of ballot signatures being rejected at level one, okay, that on its face tells me, what the hell is going on here? Something's wrong. Something's off. Is it because there's a bunch of ballot harvesting mules? Maybe that's why, right? Because you... How do you have? You have 1.3 mail in ballots in Maricopa County, and you have 40% of those signatures being rejected. 40%, which my incredible math skills determine is roughly half a million. Now, at level one, they were rejected. Okay. Now, level three, the people that cure the ballots, they said, So I had heard that. There was 15,000 ballots rejected at level one, but I only got a thousand ballots on my desk to be cured the next day. Right? So what does that mean? It means that the manager at level two was taking rejected signatures and allowing those ballots to count without ever going to curing, without ever going to the the part where they call the voter and try to work work it out over the phone. These managers at level 2, according to Carrie Lake's lawsuit, allowed something like, uh, let's see, what's 90% of 500,000? Uh, God, please don't. Let me get this. 450,000? Something like that. 400, I think it's like 450,000. That's a lot of ballots. 450,000 ballots that were... I mean, if you expand it out, if you take those numbers that we got from that one witness, and you were to expand that across Maricopa County, that would mean there was roughly 450,000 ballots that should have been rejected that were counted. That's a, that's that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty freaking big deal. I think that's Kerry Lake's biggest piece of evidence right there, as well as Clay Pariah, former Pro and V employee, saying that. There's absolutely no way that this happened by accident. These machines and printers breaking down. Absolutely no freaking way that that was an accident. Whew. So, I got to say, that was exhausting. So, here's what we're going to do. I know that the title of this video says, Carrie Lake Files Lawsuit and Twitter Files Part 3. But I don't think I got it in me to cover part three of the Twitter files, ladies and germs. I think that I'm tapped out here. And so what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to shut this down, take a little breaky poo, and then um, probably hit it tomorrow. Because we're going to have another drop tonight, and we're going to have another drop tomorrow night. And so we'll be able to cover all three in one. All right, so I'll be back. Um... want to thank you all for watching and please ask you to smash that rumble button as well as subscribe to this channel and check out the sponsors to this show. Gold Co. Okay. Protect your retirement with gold at nicklovesgold.com. Get the free 2022 gold IRA kit. Americans are using to protect and diversify their retirement savings. You can also go to mypillow.com. Save 80% off of MyPillow products for this massive Christmas uh, sale that Mike Lindell's having. When you use promo code Nick, you can save up to 80% off. And uh, Christmas is right around the corner, guys. So if you're planning to buy for your loved ones, make sure to get those orders in uh, because of shipping. You know, you don't want to... You want to make sure to get those gifts before Christmas Day. So, you know, check out MyPillow.com, enter promo code Nick, and put a put a big old smile on your, your family's faces. Okay, guys, so I'm going to shut this down. I want to thank you all for watching, and I will see you next time.